Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today we talk about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We give a complete spoiler breakdown of this film from top to bottom. We then are going to go into our top five Star Wars episodic films of all time. And again, this is a spoiler review, so don't listen until you've seen this movie. So sit back and relax and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, today on a special episode where we will be giving a complete spoiler breakdown of Star Wars Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. For some of you listening to the show, th- this this movie has been a long time coming. So we're going to go ahead real quick and pause and give you one last opportunity to not even enter this episode without hearing our spoiler warning right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. All right, and we have uh, two special guests joining me today, far more superior intellectual people when it comes to the world of Star Wars. Uh, First off, Isaac Edland. May the Force be with you. Isaac, can you confirm or deny that you were wearing Star Wars underwear today to the movie? I am currently still wearing my Star Wars underwear, and yes, I wore it to the movie as well. Can you confirm or deny that you soiled them during the movie? Because you watched it today. I cannot confirm nor deny that I soiled them. But I am still wearing them. Just just okay, to let you enough. know. That's okay. And then uh, our other residential Star Wars expert, at least for this episode, Zane Ellis. Hello, hello. Thank you for calling me an expert. I wouldn't consider myself well, one. Well, I'm trying but, to know, build the brand. I'll take it. Of, of the Infinity Bros. Do I think you're an expert? <laughs> That's understandable. Under no circumstances would I communicate that you're an expert to people. (laughs) But in order to gain more listeners, we're going to need to do that, Zane, okay? So that's how we're going to do this. Well, okay, just swinging right for the feelings. I I see how it is. There you go. Well, shots fired. (laughs) I'd say among the Infinity Bros, you're at least number two in Star Wars knowledge. Maybe, now, okay, Mark is up there too. And Jared is definitely up there. So you're in top, you're in the top three Infinity Bros as far as oh, Star there's Wars no, knowledge. There's goes. no question I'm a hard six. <laughs> like no question out of all of us. Like I am the worst when it comes to you Star Wars. You would contest knowledge. to being a top five Infinity Bro. No. When it comes under to Star no Wars circumstances. Knowledge. If you have a gun to your head and you have all the Infinity Bros and it's a Star Wars related uh, gun situation, do not pick me. I'm not your guy. Um, which is why I'm hosting with two people who are experts. I, I like Star Wars people, but but I just think I don't I don't watch the additional things. I I don't really track it in its history, and I'm not I'm not as nerdy about it maybe as other people are. But I do respect it, and this series has been remarkable. Um, we're we're gonna get into our complete uh, reviews of this movie today. Uh, we're gonna talk about basically everything that, from this movie that was meaningful to us. Um, we'll talk about uh, our reaction to the critics as well. I know this movie in particular, uh, it seems like on our show, a, a big theme for us is critics and how they like um, react to certain films. And in this one in particular, I, I'm really fascinated by the critics because I, I, I understand their feedback a little bit. 
Uh, but we'll get into that a little later. We'll, we'll kind of re react to that as well. We're going to talk about uh, our, our the legacy of Star Wars and our response to this legacy. Uh, and then we'll do a top five at the end of our top five um, uh, Star Wars movies, just the episodic uh, movies. Isaac, are you, can you confirm or deny you're going to do all nine? Or are you just going to stick with the five? I will can confirm. I will can, will can confirm <laughs> that I will be ranking all nine of my Star Wars movies. So we'll maybe save Isaac for last, and then you can just skip that part and go on about your day. Are you going to do it, Zane? Guests. Are you going to do it with me? What a tryhard. I mean, I did rank all nine, but. <laughs> oh, well, you might as well do it with me then. So is, are we just going to rank all nine? Is Are we just doing this on the spot, even though we talked about something else? Well, it's like yeah, if it's you fun. if you rank your top five, it's not that much of a stretch just to do four more. We like, could do four more. And I'm assuming the bottom it's four gonna be probably includes the prequel trilogies from all of us, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. Um, well, uh, you heard the spoiler warning, but on, the, on our show, we have a specific rating system that we're going to rate things on. Uh, we'll rate the movie, but we also might uh, rate specific characters, themes, different things like that. And so we're going to put our ratings uh, bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast. Everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. Okay, uh, first off, let's uh, get into this movie real quick. Uh, I, I'm not even going to give the synopsis of this movie. Everybody knows the synopsis of this movie. Um, the runtime is 142 minutes. Did it feel long or short to you guys? Um, to me, it it felt kind of just like in the middle, like it where it needed to be to tell the story it was trying to tell. Right, I felt about the same. I didn't think it was. It probably could have used a couple more minutes for parts of the scenes to be extended a little bit, but honestly, it just it felt right the the way that it was. So. $300 million budget. Um, obviously, uh, some some interesting things about this movie. Carrie Fisher, uh, we'll talk about her legacy too. We have a whole segment dedicated to that today, but um, uh, all of her, her shots were from previous films or like very early on production of this film. Uh, when George Lucas originally laid out plans for 12 episodes that eventually got re reduced to nine episodes, his vision was that C-3PO and R2-D2 would be the only characters to appear in nine. This is actually true. Uh, this is the ninth and final Star Wars movie composed by John Williams. This is, if I'm ranking John Williams in terms of music, I, I give a six out of six in this one. Oh, absolutely. I think he did a remarkable job with this one, especially yes. in that third act. Um, really well done. His his score for Ray in these, these last yeah. three movies has been really good and really catchy, and I find myself humming to that a little more than I do to other, other uh, melodies. So I've been really impressed with him. He continues to just be phenomenal. Uh, Billy D. Williams had expressed interest in being in reprising his role as Lando Calrissian. Uh, he, he couldn't make it work in episode eight, but uh, they obviously made it work in this one. Um, when the trailer and the title were released in April, um, Ian McDermott came out uh, to Chicago at C2E2. And J.J. Abrams apparently was thrilled because he thought that the leak of Palpatine had been leaked. Um, he, he, I guess nobody had known about that prior to Zane. Do you check spoiler stuff like that? Or are you not a big spoiler guy? Um, I just try to avoid it just because I just want to try to keep, a as much like of a genuine movie theater experience as I can. But I'm also not one of those people that's going to get 
super worked up if it is spoiled. Like, it's just the way it goes. But, I, I mean, I try my best to avoid it on big movies or movies that, like, I know I'm going to be seeing in theaters and kind of want that. Don't want to have that ruined. But I was kind of surprised at how much wasn't spoiled for me this year. Because I know with The Force Awakens for me, I had had spoiled that Yoda would appear. I don't know if you guys remember that. I had that spoiled and I had uh, a couple other things spoiled. So that was interesting. Uh, Mark Hamill said being on the set was like being part of the CIA because they were trying to hide so much. Um, 36-year gap between Lando Calrissian's uh, role uh, is the longest for an original actor to reprise his or her role. Carrie Fisher's death, they had bigger plans. This is according to Kathleen Kennedy. They had bigger plans to make her a bigger part of episode nine. I think if you look back on this trilogy now, episode seven was Harrison Ford, Han Solo. Episode eight was Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Episode nine was going to be Carrie Fisher, Leia, right? I mean, like, am I wrong there? <laughs> no, no, I think you hit it there for sure. And we'll, we'll talk a little more about her later, but that was just interesting. Anthony Daniels becomes the only person to appear in all nine episodes of the Star Wars saga as C-3PO. Um, I, we're not going to talk much about him today, I think, just with all the, the fluff in this movie. But this is one of his best performances as well. And a lot of times C-3PO is just kind of a gimmick. I felt like he was actually used efficiently in, fun, in a fun way. I definitely agree with you there. He definitely... and. He really hasn't been used a ton in, at all in this uh, new sequel trilogy, so it was really fun to see him used really well in this one. J.J. Abrams becomes the second director to direct multiple Star Wars films, obviously behind George Lucas, and then Colin Trevorrow, uh, Trevorrow, excuse me, Colin, Colin Trevorrow, that's a tough word to say, was announced as the director in 2015 of August. Uh, he was going to be with Derek Connolly and Jack Thorne. They kind of wrote the script, but Trevorrow left because uh, of uh, creative differences with Disney. J.J. Abrams was obviously announced next. Ryan uh, Ryan Johnson did actually get asked, uh, allegedly, before J.J. Abrams, but turned it down to produce Knives. Is it Knives Out? Is that the movie? What's the movie? Uh, yeah. Knives Out, yeah. Knives Out. So if you're, Ryan, if you're Ryan Johnson after this movie, obviously we haven't talked into the spoilers and details, are you sitting here going, man, I wish I would have done that movie? Uh, yes and no. Like, with just the backlash that he somewhat had on The Last Jedi, I feel like there's a part of him would be like, okay, I could have told more of the story that I was going with. But at the same time, too, it was probably in the back of your head of just, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with that again in an, a way. Yeah, I think... I think if it were me, I would have been like, yes, like who would, it's surprising that anybody would turn down an opportunity to direct a Star Wars movie. But I mean, I've, I've heard really, really good things about Knives Out too. There is something about maybe creating an original story as opposed to, you know, following up a story that's already, you know, been told or you know, doing a sequel to a movie when you didn't do the original. So, so maybe that was part of his thinking too, but, but yeah, it's, it is interesting that, that he, you know, if that's even true, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if he did turn it down, that's wow. I, I definitely wouldn't turn it down if I were him. It's an interesting creative choice. Um, it's been 20 years since the release of the Phantom Menace, which was released in two, uh, 1999. Wow. That's, that's, that's weird. That's crazy. Um, 
It's also the first uh, Star Wars trilogy to be released within the same decade. Um, and it's the first Star Wars movie to feature any uh, horses. Oh. That's kind of fun. Interesting. Yeah. I did not. And there's no after and, and there's that. no after credits in this movie. So um we'll go to this some of the spoiler trivia real quick before we give our reviews. Uh Hayden Christensen obviously came back to reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker. We'll talk about him and some other voices here in a little uh, a little later in in the episode. Uh Chewbacca got the gold medal from Maz Kanata. I thought that was a nice nod. Uh, to the fans who have kind of given uh, Leia crap over the years when she gave um, Luke and Han uh, the medals in A New Hope, but not him. <laughs> I liked that a lot. Um, and do, 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 uh, Trevorrow, let's let's talk about Colin Trevorrow real quick and, and just kind of these director situations because to me this is going to be a big highlight for me. Do we think that Kathleen Kennedy and Disney, they have said we've had this roadmap built the whole time. Do we believe that at all, or do we think that this was kind of moving? This I, I don't buy that. I, like maybe as a roadmap of like just kind of a general idea of like, hey, we're gonna start on the East Coast and we're gonna wind up in the West Coast, but we have no idea how we're gonna get there. Like you have a general idea of the direction you're going, but I I don't I disagree with that. Like I don't think it was more movie to movie than probably what they're gonna let on. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that as well, Zane, because. Man, if you look at just the somewhat convoluted storyline of this whole trilogy, and you even look at the prequel storyline, like the prequel storyline is actually pretty solid, and I think probably is better than this one, just because of the change in direction that they went from Force Awakens to The Last Jedi, and then back to uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know, it just seemed like it just was kind of messy. So yeah, I don't, I don't buy that either. Yeah, the prequels really was more just like that was more about the specific writing for specific characters. So like for Anakin Skywalker and all his sand dialogue and then the green screen. I think George Lucas just went crazy with the green screen and he didn't need to do that. And people like practical effects. It's why The Mandalorian has been so successful, I think, is is the mix of practical effects along with bringing that nostalgia back of the of the original three. Yeah, I think I think you pretty much nailed it there because the writing is really what's, or the, the script is really what screws up the prequel. But yeah, and, and that was the age too where uh, CG was just getting popular. So like they just went nuts with it and they do have cool effects and stuff in it. But now looking back on it, it's like, mm, you probably didn't need to do all of that stuff. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's get into our ratings of this uh, of this movie. Zane, we're going to start with you. Go ahead. Give a brief rating and review of this. Um, Well, for me, just to jump right to the review right away, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 6. Um, it's definitely my favorite of the new trilogy. Um, I just, you know, it wasn't something that, like, just completely blew my mind and blew away all my expectations. But it, I thought it was a good way of wrapping up this trilogy, and it also wrapped up the, you know, Luke and Leia. Like, it kind of took to, took two stories, brought them together, wrapped it up. Not in, a, like, super fancy packaging, but packaging that you're like, I understand what I'm getting, I understand what's here. And, like, the, the point isn't the packaging, it's what's being packaged inside of it. 
I'll go next, Isaac. I'm gonna let you go last because I know you're gonna you're gonna be a better residential expert on this than I will. I'm gonna give this a four point six out of six. Um, this movie, its legacy will be built on the other movies around it, which is a real kind of tragedy with this movie. Um, this I will remember this movie for the misstep from Ryan Johnson to J.J. Abrams. Um, I think J.J. Abrams should have done all three. I'll go out and say that right away too. Um, this movie makes The Last Jedi for me go down to a two out of six. Um, I I have very strong feelings about The Last Jedi after this movie. Um, it, and and part of the reason is I watched the the new uh, the the episode seven and eight before going to see this. Like I watched episode seven on Wednesday, watched episode eight yesterday when I got home from work, and I just I, I have to say just I I think that's the legacy, and it's such a shame. Because I I was texting you guys last night trying to be cryptic, but I was very satisfied with the ending of this movie. I was very satisfied, and I, I really enjoyed the journey that our main trilogy, our main um trinity, excuse me, went through. And I, but I'm again just like the prequels, it this trilogy will be talked about for stuff that happened outside of the movie, which is such a bummer. Um. But I really enjoyed this movie. It, 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 I had a blast in it. It was so much fun. I was telling Isaac before the show, there were plot points that I was like, oh my, they're doing this. And there were other plot points that were eye rollers. And there were plot points where basically J.J. Abrams took a massive dump on what The Last Jedi had established and what made The Last Jedi good. And so either The Last Jedi isn't like, like legitimate or half of the stuff that happened is ridiculous and stupid. And I think that's my that's my bigger gripe. I would say it's more with The Last Jedi than with this movie, though. This is... And it's not for what I want, either. I would also preface this. Because I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. Like, it's like, I don't have any... I don't know, like, about... Is it Darth Plagueis? Plagueis? Is that Plagueis? Like, I have no idea who that guy is. I've just read about <laughs> him on Twitter. So, like, I have no, like... For me, Palpatine being in it was fine. It was not a big deal. But I know for other people that'll be a gripe, and I know that at the end, when when Ray takes the name of Skywalker, that is a big deal to a lot of people. That a Palpatine would essentially be the hero at the end of all of this, and that the real Skywalker wouldn't get the glory, or the real Skywalker wouldn't be redeemed at the end. And he was redeemed, but I think there there are points that people make about it that are frustrating. So, again, this movie is built on the legacy of the other two movies preceding it. Um, I, I tip my hat to J.J. Abrams for what he did with Carrie Fisher. I like cannot believe how they made that work with the limited footage. They had such limited footage of her. It was so glaring and, and jarring to watch it, but it worked. And I, I believed she trained Ray. And I tip my hat to them on that. And uh, I, we'll talk about it more, but this Poe, Finn, and Ray are fantastic. All three of them are great casting. I could not be more satisfied with their journeys. I really hope the next Star Wars movie is centered around them. And uh, we'll, we'll go into that a little later. But Isaac, I'll pass it off to you. Okay, so um, I'm going to give my rating of a 5.5 out of 6. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. And I'm going to take little pieces of both of what you guys said. It really wasn't a mind blower. Uh, it was kind of a safe way to end the whole Skywalker saga and 
it actually was very satisfying, like you said, Max. Like, I didn't walk away from this one thinking of what they could have done differently. I thought of how well they wrapped everything up and tied all the loose ends, which after The Last Jedi was quite an impressive feat, I think. So, and I did actually tweet this out last night, but I rewatched The Last Jedi last night. And at the time, I did not like it that much. I think it's a fine Star Wars movie. It's probably, I guess we'll find out if it's my least favorite later on, but it it's not in my top five. I'll say that of Star Wars movies for sure. Agreed. So it won't be in mine. Yeah, it won't be in mine yeah. either. So, so just with all the change in direction they did, I think they J.J. Abrams did a great job of kind of not completely disowning the last Jedi, but like just wrapping up some of those loose ends that came from that. And in a very satisfying way, although not mind blowing, and it's hard, it's going to be hard not to compare this to uh, Avengers Endgame because it is, you know, just a final chapter type of movie. And Avengers Endgame blew my mind. Avengers Endgame blew me out of the water. And this movie didn't do that, but it was still a really good movie. And probably, I, I'm kind of going back and forth if this is my favorite between. Uh, Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens, but it's it's definitely a really good movie and a good Star Wars movie. So five point five out of six for me. I think these are all really fair ratings, and I I actually like the uh, where we are on the scale. I think that's going to represent a lot of our audience too that listen to this. Maybe there'll be people that hate it. I know there are people that hate it critically, but um, yeah, L- let's talk about the first uh, the first uh, act. I'm just going to briefly glance over things and just pause and say comments as you go, guys, because I, I think there's a lot that peop, that we're going to care about that maybe others won't and vice versa. So we're going to do our best to cover the main things. But this movie's jam-packed, as we talked about. So it's a year after the Battle of Crate and Kylo Ren obtains a Sith Wayfinder device. He travels to the planet of Exegol. I'll pause real quick. If nothing else, this trilogy, man, the planets have looked fantastic. True. I, I mean, like, The Last Jedi, as much as I hate, like, the story maybe of it, the look and display of it, and, and like, for instance, Crate looked great. I, I just, that, that, Crate looked great. Like, I mean, just, I loved the the visuals of it, and I, I really liked Exegol. I loved how it was, like, from afar, kind of like this Antarctic vibe, but then you get there, and, and it's really just this dark area where the sun does not appear at all, it, it seems like. Um, t- I tip my hat to them on that. Um, we find a physically impaired Palpatine. How how like crazy to you guys was it? And you guys are way more into the Star Wars lore than I am. That they did this like they basically pivoted it to Palpatine from Snokets. It felt like. How did you feel about that jarring realization? I think it actually redeemed a bit of the Snoke storyline because Snoke was such a. Uh, a mysterious character like we didn't know where he came from he was so powerful and we didn't know anything about his background and then in the last jedi he just died and we were like okay like can we <laughs> can we get some more context on this guy and the fact that it was palpatine pulling the strings actually makes that part of the sequel trilogy a little bit more better in my in my opinion i i wasn't a huge fan of Snoke in the first place, 
but just seeing that he was basically a puppet of Palpatine really was was a little bit redeeming in my eyes. Yeah, Zane, Zane, you see the vat of um of Snokes as he turns the corner. You see like three different Snokes in that vat. So basically, like he probably was a legitimate puppet. What did you think? Yeah, no, I agree with Isaac on that. Of, I mean, even after just watching those first two, you felt like, like okay, you just have Snoke, but there seems to be something more going on behind the scenes. Like you could kind of like it was just so mysterious. You're like, okay, how is this guy supposed to come out of nowhere, leading everything? Like it just felt like something was being set up, and. Like, I didn't know the direction they were going to go with it, but it makes perfect sense that they brought the Emperor. because. So it felt, to you, it felt like a good rhythm. It didn't feel jarring. Um, I, The only part of it that was jarring to me is just the fact that Snoke just got too much attention, I feel like, coming into The Force Awakens, then into The Last Jedi. And then I feel like J.J. with this movie was just kind of like, okay, I need to kind of find a way to smooth this transition to the Emperor because it felt like Ryan Johnson was trying to do more with Snoke and go from there. And then JJ's like, okay, I need to tie this back to the Emperor and kind of make a smooth transition here because, like, if you're going to do something cool with Snoke, well, you just killed him off in The Last Jedi. So we need to kind of pivot here. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it actually what you, the word you use for it jarring is a pretty good word for it because he's just like all of a sudden and obviously we knew it was coming from the previews that they had had put out but well I'll interject Isaac did we know it would be this much I did not anticipate it would be this much he was the guy in this movie I mean the last trailer you physically see him like facing Ray so you knew he was probably behind everything but I was also, I guess for me, I was under the impression that maybe somebody's posing as him. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, and, and again, like, I, I, I don't know who that person would have been, right? But I'm just saying, like, it, it was, it's not beneath Star Wars to do that either. Um, and so. Well, here's, yeah, and I, I think jarring is a good word for it because it's like, hey, episodes seven and eight the emperor's gone like years 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 gone and no mention of him whatsoever and obviously they kind of wanted to play on that a little bit but it would have been cool to see just little clues about the emperor you know scattered throughout the force awakens and the last jedi so when this comes out and it's like oh okay you know <laughs> i yeah i guess palpatine's back you know but it would have been cool to just kind of see a little bit of a a footprint or whatever scattered throughout the galaxy of him in the previous sequel movies. I don't know. That's, I guess that's just my thoughts on it, but I, I did, I really like the use of Palpatine in this. Honestly, he, he just was a really, I mean, he's one of the most iconic villains, you know, save Darth Vader probably in American movie history. Probably. Yeah, I, mean, I, it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, right now it's probably he's in there, right? I mean, right. for sure, he's, he's, he's got to be in the up conversation. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it is cool to see him come back, but yeah, it just would have been nice to, I don't know, see a little bit of a more of him throughout the trilogy, even even if he wasn't the main focus throughout the first two. You know, it would have been cool to see a little bit more of him. Finn and Poe and Chewbacca retrieve the information um, from the First Order spy. 
Uh, they learn that Palpatine has returned. Um, and then we kind of get some great shots of Rey uh, doing some training from from Leia. Uh, she obviously hurts BB-8 with the with the tree when she has the flashback and a little bit of the visioning forward. Um, and then they find a note on a Sith artifact in the Jedi text that uh, Skywalker leaves behind. And so they go off to uh, Pasana to seek a contact Luke knew while R2-D2 stays behind with Leia. Uh, what did you guys think of Pasana? How did you like the layout of it? And how did you like the reveal of Lando Calrissian? I I liked how they did it. Um, I, I it's one of Star uh, Star Wars's strengths. I think is you know being able to go to these other worlds and see you know these different races and their cultures. And so I thought it was cool that they showed up on. I don't remember the name of the the festival that those people were having, but just the fact that it gave it kind of a unique feel that the, the they were there having their like their dance. And like, oh, the the smoke and the colors and the flying the kites, like it definitely gave like a feeling of like these people like have their customs, their traditions, like it yeah, very and then, much. And then C three PO's like, oh, it's this is the festival they have once every forty two years. Right. Well, you know like, why oh, they did okay. that, right? You know what the Easter egg for that was? For what? The Easter egg for that is how long it's been since uh, since uh, since Star Wars premiered. Oh very intentional good choice see this is this is you guys know all the star wars stuff i bring the trivia it's perfect we're a perfect marriage but then to continue on to that personally it very much also reminded me i don't wouldn't necessarily say a callback but it reminded me of from phantom menace uh, i said the same thing tatooine Tatooine, the pod racing like it had that feel it was they were being chased around Mm -hmm. like it very much had those vibes to it yeah, when they were going in and out of like the uh, in and out of the rock structures, yep, yep, totally. I felt like that was a callback to Zane. I, I bet you when that movie comes out on Blu-ray, we will hear the directors say that this is our callback to that moment. I, I almost guarantee it. I was just missing, Agreed. just missing some Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, well, yeah, even with like the with the with the colors. It just looked like the right. racing. Yeah, well, for sure. Phantom Menace gets pooped on a lot. I, that movie is not as bad as people make it out no. to be. No, no, um, Lando Calrissian helps them find the artifact. They get trapped. They, they they go on that little hunt as we just talked about. Uh, the Knights of Ren are chasing them, and then they uh, they 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 get sucked into like this quicksand. Um, their ship and dagger all get taken, and C three PO reads the text. He reads the text. But he can't tell them it because it's Sith and it's against his programming. Um, and so th- this isn't in the uh, uh, recap I'm looking at, but a scene that will be a callback later is Ray heals this snake kind of thing. And did we buy that force power or did we feel that was a little too rushed? I feel like that might be a gripe people have about this movie. I was thinking about that and I think... <laughs> During the movie, that was one of my only gripes during this whole movie. It was that, you know, and, and they do introduce new force powers throughout this whole sequel trilogy. So, so yeah, I I think it's okay that they have it in there. And it made it better later, which we'll talk about. But when they did that, I was like, oh, okay. So, how many years of Star Wars, like thousands of years of Jedi, and we've never seen this on film before? Like, well, to kind of go off that and just to comment on Isaac's comment, if you will, um, I can understand the gripe for it. But for my understanding, the force heal 
is actually something that's a rather large staple of Jedi. It's just it's never been in a movie before. Yeah, and that's and that's really like and I I understand because you know and and so many Star Wars like video games that you play Force Heal is you might have to have that to play the game so you can you know advance throughout the game without dying but uh i don't know i just the fact that she just has this power and we don't know anything about it and we've never seen it before was just kind of like oh okay maybe they could have introduced it a little differently but but later on in the um end game basically when they're when i think it's palpatine is talking about basically the force bond between uh Ben the, Solo and the Ray. Force Dray, the yeah. Force Dray, <laughs> yeah. Still, the other that the other thing that was it... really really stupid, in well, my opinion. Sorry, I got strong feel. That's one of the things I have strong feelings on. That's one which, of them. Which part? Wait, what are you talking about? Well, let's let's talk about the healing first. Then okay. we'll, we'll come back to that later. So when I want to talk about that, yeah, when I want to talk about that in the third act. I want to talk about that in the third act. Okay, we're in the first act right okay. now. When Palpatine talks about kind of the bond that they have together. And just like the new, I don't know, powers that come out of that, I, it kind of almost made it a little bit more believable for me. That, and also the reveal that she's a Palpatine too is like, oh well, she's just a super powerful <laughs> Isaac. Come on, second act. <laughs> well, I mean, Follow we already, gave, we already gave the spoilers way long ago. So. Well, and then, uh, yep. Yeah, do you want to just you just want to talk about the rest of the movie, Isaac? Zane and I can just sit back and. Yeah, you know, uh, but just man. the fact that she's a Palpatine and and that like excuses. Uh, I I say excuses, but I don't know if that's the correct word. But, like, I think that's a gripe that a lot of people have had with the whole sequel trilogy is that Rey is just this super powerful Force user and nobody's trained her and all this stuff. Just the fact that she's revealed to be a Palpatine is like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, we'll talk about – I want to get to the Palpatine part later. Let's let's Including the Force heal. So that's what brought me to that. I hated the Force heal. Um, I, I thought it was cheesy with the snake. I thought it looked weird. Um, I, I understood the choice to do it and I'll explain a little more why I hated the force heal maybe more in the third act um, her and her and Kylo Ren I like the relationship but I don't like the explanation of the relationship but we'll talk about that a little more later the force healing happens um, sensing that Kylo's nearby Ray goes to confront him first order captures the Millennium Falcon Chewbacca and the dagger and attempting to save Chewbacca or who she thinks is Chewbacca in that one ship she destroys this using force lightning I gotta tell you my jaw dropped when this happened and I felt like this was like the answer right in front of us the whole movie and I it, it, I don't know how I didn't put it together when I saw it what did you guys think of this that was definitely a bomb drop in the movie. Like one of the bigger surprises, I think, especially since like it even surprises Ray. Like she afterwards, she's like, wait, I just did that. Like what the heck? And kind of feels guilty that she killed Chewbacca, which she didn't, but she feels that way. Right. Zane. Do we lose Zaner? Mm-hmm. Infinity bros. All right, we're back. Uh, technical difficulties are always an absolute treat. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, basically the second act. Uh, Poe suggests that they head to Kajimi to have the Sith text extracted from C-3PO's memory, and Ray senses that Chewbacca's alive, and they basically mount a, res- a rescue mission. Um, what did you think of the little uh, guy uh, that w- that helped uh, um, with C-3PO's uh, mindset. I've heard some people say he's cuter than uh, Baby Yoda. 
Can you confirm or deny that you agree with that? That is an abomination. That is an abomination. Nobody should ever say anything bad about Baby Yoda. Are you sure? And then we get to meet Zori Bliss. This was kind of interesting. I, I, I thought this was an interesting person. Here, what do we think of this character? Are we assuming that there will be a um, movie later about Poe po with uh, her being in it? Like, are, we're pretty much guaranteeing that, aren't we? You would think so because she really didn't have that much significance in this movie at Yet all. Yeah, he kept trying like, to kiss I, her. I, I, all right, I don't mind <laughs> the little look he gave at the like end. That was, uh, yeah. that was funny. Uh, but yeah, I just I like her as a character, mm-hmm. but she just wasn't significant in any real way. So I just I don't know. It, it'd be nice to see more. It would have been nice if she just was somehow sig- a little bit more significant in this movie. But you know, if we can't have that, you know, maybe we can have a little spinoff with her and Poe or something like yeah, that. Maybe through the Force, Kylo tells Rey that she is Palpatine's granddaughter. Wow, what a freaking reveal. Isaac, obviously, you you wanted to talk about this more earlier. Now we're at the part where we can. Is this a satisfying answer to who her parents were? I think so, yeah, because the the fact in The Last Jedi where she her parents were nobody didn't make any sense to me. Like, it just was like, okay, come on. She's this powerful Jedi, basically without any training, and she's just nobody that... That did not connect with me. That's that was one of my biggest yeah. things about both of the us. Last Jedi yeah, both of us had like. that so, grip. Both of us had right, that grip. Yeah. So so I think this one really I mean that reveal, it made sense. They I don't think it was like as mind blowing as a reveal as I wanted it to be. But like the fact itself that she is a palpatine was a mind blowing. This like, is thing. this is where the first misstep of like this is the first major misstep of this movie in regards to complimenting the last Jedi occurs. Because I agree with you, Isaac. That it, it when I went because I watched the last Jedi. I mean, literally right before I went to see this movie. And when that scene happens where she's in, oops, sorry, I'm bumping my mic here. When that scene happens where she goes down into that dark area and she's doing the snapping finger scene with the mirror and all the different projections of herself, I got to tell you, when when I watch that scene and then see Kylo Ren basically saying, you know that your parents are nobody, I said out loud, I was like, this is bull. This is bull. This is, this is baloney. There's no way that this is how it's going to end. Like, there's no way that Star Wars is going to set this up in episode 7 and then do this. But I think Ryan Johnson really wanted that to be the case. And this is this is one of my first major gripes of why the last Jedi is not a good movie and in my opinion is the worst Star Wars movie of the nine episodic movies because this this is such a damning choice that Ryan Johnson made and in my opinion if Disney was going to allow it they needed to follow through with it. And I felt like they were playing mind games and it did not sequentially work for me. This this did not work for me. It, it felt like okay. Is, I even thought to myself like, is he lying again? Like, is she really Palpatine's granddaughter, or is she Obi Wan's granddaughter, or is she Qui Gon Jinn's granddaughter? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like there are other people that could have been it, and I just felt like it was a constant like, all right, is the dark side lying this time again, or is the dark side telling me the truth? And I still, even after hearing this, wasn't able to let it sink in the way it should have because of what Ryan Johnson had made that choice to do. I, I I don't and again, I don't know if I blame Ryan Johnson. I'm just saying I think I blame Disney. This is Disney's fault. Disney lost trust for me as a viewer in this movie and it took me out of the movie. Zane, what about you? Yeah, I can uh agree with that. 
um, somewhat, I suppose. Like, it was one of those things of, um, it definitely flew in the face of The Last Jedi, but I feel like it was a type of thing it had to be done, because I just, I don't see how you can get any direction of going, oh yeah, I don't know who Ray's parents are, they're nobody. Like, how how are you going to have this this girl who has all these force powers and is clearly proficient in all this stuff, and then you're just going to try to give me some baloney that their parents were nobody, that she has nothing in her bloodline. Like, it's just so unbelievable. And I felt like JJ did a good enough job of coming up with a way of, you know, working it back around and saying, well, they aren't nobody. That was... He didn't necessarily focus on the as much that that was a lie. It, to, and to me, it gave more off the vibe of Kylo is getting in that point of he was kind of getting fed up with everything and kind of seeing stuff as it really was, that the Emperor was really pulling the strings. And I think at that point, Kylo was just kind of like, I have no reason to try to lie anymore. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. But- I, I, I just think, like, the execution of The Last Jedi was so poor. After Agreed. watching this movie, Agreed. I just think like I, I have so many more like and, and I agreed with you, Isaac, going back. And I don't, I don't want to beat this drama too much. This this review because this, it's about this movie. But like when I watched The Last Jedi, I was like, this is a good movie. I like this movie. This isn't bad. It's beautiful. I like the choice. They, they made ballsy choices, but they didn't follow through. They needed to follow through. And it, it's it's very clear watching this movie. That J.J. Abrams and Ryan Reynolds, dis- uh, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Johnson, excuse me, Ryan Reynolds is popping. <laughs> that's in what I want to see. That's, that's the Star Reynolds Wars movie we all want to see. Ryan Reynolds. Um, Maybe that's I, Ray's very... dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking American gin on a sofa in front of a fireplace. Um, I mean, like this is this is a huge gripe I have in this whole series. Again, I don't I don't blame episode nine for this. I think episode nine actually I agree, Zane. I think episode nine fixes it. That's what this movie does. It fixes that choice. But I as a fan would have rather had that be a choice that like how much greater would it have been if it was like, oh, he's oh, your parents are somebody, but I can't tell or like if you left it ambiguous a little longer. And because I wouldn't have guessed that I wouldn't have guessed Palpatine. I think some people were, but like I was leaning more towards Obi-Wan or the the solos or I, I don't know. I, I just Palpatine was kind of out of left field for me. And, and again, I'm not a big Star Wars person, so maybe that's like a blessing for me. But I got to tell you, this is a huge problem for me with The Last Jedi, not for Episode nine. Um, in Episode nine, this was still pretty great. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little more, I think, at the end about that. Um, she recovers the dagger and has visions of being an of uh, visions of the assassin who used it to kill her parents. And then General Hux uh, basically saves uh, the guys, saves Chewbacca, saves um, Finn and Poe, and reveals himself to be the spy. Was this a surprise to you guys? That was actually pretty surprising that Hux was the spy. I feel like, uh, although the impact. I didn't. I didn't feel like the weight was very like. I was like, oh, okay. They killed him cool. off real like, quick. Whatever. Right. Well, and he was a basically inconsequential character right. when you think about the yeah. rest, the whole p- sequel trilogy. But I don't know. Yeah, like it was, it was okay. And and what Hux actually kind of he plays on a problem that I think is the deal with the whole sequel trilogy is that it's just the you don't feel the weight of of decisions that people make and and just in general, like it's not as serious 
as maybe the original or even the prequel trilogies. And and in a way that's good because, you know, you want to keep it relevant to to the time we're in and all that stuff. So, but there's just so many one-liners in this movie and the previous two sequel trilogy movies. There's a lot of one-liners that really didn't need to be there. And I think of one Gosh, now I'm of course now I'm blanking. It's it was with the what's his name? Babu Babu, Babu Frick. Frick. Babu Frick. There was this one moment that was really cool, and now I can't even recall the moment, but all of a sudden Babu Frick just like blurts something out and it was just like <laughs> okay. Was that at the now end? They're it, just, it must have been in the third act when they were all flying around. I think it, yeah, it was towards it. it was towards the middle of the second or the the beginning of the third, I think. It was before kind of the whole end game thing went down. I'll have to don't call it think of it and come don't back you to dare. it later. Yeah. That's not fair. Don't do that to that <laughs> not, scene. I say the You can call game, it portals. That's what you can call it. <laughs> you can't call it endgame. But but it was just like there was this like serious moment that I was thought was cool, and then it was just kind of ruined by this funny word that this guy blurts out. Yeah, you know, that's, and comedy's subjective though. It's hit or miss, I think. And I think Star Wars has done that for years. Yeah, but I think just in general, like the if you watch the prequel series, like yeah, there's some funny lines in it and stuff like that, but it it's generally a pretty serious trilogy and and that's part of it that I like about it. So I think there are there's just a few it's really not that big of a deal. Like it's just a like maybe two or three too many one-liners in each of the uh, sequel trilogy movies. It's it's not that big of a deal, but it's just one thing that I've kept, kind of been like, oh, you know what? They could have left that out. I don't. I didn't need that. The group follows the coordinates to Kef. Is it Kef Beer or Kef Burr? Um, I'm not entirely sure on that. I think it's Kef Burr. Okay, we'll keep it at Kef Burr. I apologize if you are a Star Wars apologist listening to this and just trying to punch me through uh, your listening device. Uh, and they look for the way the wayfinder device revealing Palpatine's location. A woman named Jana leads them to the remains of the second Death Star near Endor. That was kind of cool. They were in the Endor region. I liked that callback a lot. And then obviously in the third act, we see we see that a little bit too. Um, Ray uses the dagger to locate the wayfinder and envisions herself as a Sith upon contacting it. That was one. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Um, is is her saying fulfill your destiny and, and and accept it? That was the moment where I was like, holy crap! This might be an ending where Kylo Ren and Rey flip. That was the moment where I was like, they might flip their arcs. Like they might be opposite foils of each other. We may get her fighting with that lightsaber and him fighting with a blue lightsaber, like for for the light side. I and I was I was all in at that point. That this is this is where I'm leaning in in my my chair. What did you guys think of this? Okay, timeout. First of all, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna backtrack a little Go bit. What do you guys think of, um, gosh, Carrie Fisher in in this movie? Like, I Time thought out. she was great, but I, I, I've got I've got a whole segment later for that. Oh, okay. Never yep, mind. You're good. Never Let's mind. keep going. We'll, we'll, we'll go. Yep, I got we'll a whole go segment for you, Isaac. We're good. We're going to take care of that. Perfect. I promise okay. you. Good, good, good. That's one of my focal points. Okay. Don't worry. Zane, what did you think of this reveal? You you were you were you were getting up with me. Yeah, no, I was 100% about it because um this was something that I saw coming or even wanted to happen ever since Force Awakens even of let's see this shift a bit where we kind of get into, you know, Ray kind of going a little dark side and then Ben starts going light. 
because you know that's a struggle in both of them because it's but you see the opposite like ben's trying to be you know dark but he's still struggling of not fully committing to it but then you have ray coming to the jedi in the light side but deep down as he goes along you see this this darkness inside of her and oh that, that's even that's even in the force awakens like right exactly her style of fighting yeah, right. is like yelling Right. And and I don't I don't know. I just don't a lot of Jedi don't do that. They're very calm, collected, the you know, the Qui-Gon Jin, you know, centered, balanced, and she is just rage. And that's almost. another thing just to kind of do a callback of something Isaac was saying a little bit ago of go back now and rewatch like Force Awakens and everything and you'll see all those signs of her being a Palpatine there. Hmm. Like now like when she grabs Luke's lightsaber and she has the visions it makes more sense that she's a Palpatine and that's why she's seeing those visions. Hmm. And good point. Another True. thing that dawned on me. And then I don't know if you picked up on this, Isaac, just for, cause you're also played fallen order touching objects and seeing, having a force vision right. on it. Yeah. And then the even echo. And then just even the whole, uh, going to the death star and like how that whole scene, it very much felt like something from fallen order. And I, I just love how they, I don't know if it was the idea of incorporating in there, because I mean, Fallen Order is canon, but just to show some of those things that, oh, we had this in the game, but we're also going to kind of reference it in the movie too. Kylo, having tracked the group to Kefbur, destroys the Wayfinder and duels Rey. A dying Leia calls to Kylo through the Force, but Rey impales him. Sensing Leia's, de- Leia's death, excuse me. Ray heals Kylo and takes his ship to exile herself to Octu. So that's that's a couple sentences for a very very big part of this film. Uh what did you think of this scene? Were you were you did you catch the we'll talk about that in a second. What did you think let's let's start with let's start with Carrie Fisher. What did you think of Leia's death and her kind of ending of her character? What did you guys think of that? I was a little, I don't know. I I think it played off pretty well right when it happened. But then as the movie went on, I was kind of like, wait, that was it? That's, it's over? Um, but, but they couldn't have I done think anything it, else. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Like, you only have so much limited mm-hmm. footage and things you can do with uh, Carrie Fisher. But it just, I I don't think it bugged me enough to put it as a negative mm-hmm. in my, in my in my category. So it, it, it played off well enough that it didn't distract from what, whatever ever else was going on. So I was okay. Yeah, I know. Like, I think kind of somewhat of been a theme a little, like it didn't necessarily blow you out of the water and the emotion or anything to it, but it also didn't detract. Like it very much had its place. It had its moment. It furthered the story. Like it, yeah, it didn't detract and it didn't, but it didn't add a ton either, but it, it, it was there. So basically like, like we've been kind of saying about this whole movie, it didn't blow you out of the water, but it didn't, it wasn't a negative. Right. It served its purpose. It told the story. It was, it got across the point it was trying to get. This, this, this just felt like a little lazy, but I also wonder if it was Carrie Fisher, like passing, like I, it was hard to differentiate. This is one of those moments where it's like. Okay, is this because Carrie Fisher's gone, or is this because they needed to shoehorn a way for him to start the transition of getting to that conversation with Han Solo? 
Well, in reality, it was probably a mix of both because, like, you only have so many shots of Carrie Fisher and you can only manipulate them so much. But I would argue that in this movie especially, they could have added 30 minutes and nobody would have blinked. So I I really think they could have done more to set that up. But how do you communicate that in her last – because what's happening here, and I think Star Wars nerds get this, what's happening here is in her last moments on the Earth, she's using the last bit of force she can use – to communicate with her son and try one last ditched effort to save him. I don't know if I got that at first. It took me kind of processing the film later to to come to that realization that that's what that was trying to happen. And so I'm just saying like that there could have been more communication on that and maybe having somebody there say what's going on, maybe a forced projection of Yoda coming back and saying or or, or Luke coming back and saying rest easy sister. Your sacrifice, you know, just like something instead of R two D two shaking around, you know what I'm saying? I just I I felt like they could have been handled. I do I do get what you're saying because I kind of felt the same way watching it the first time around. But I think later when we watch this movie, we're gonna appreciate that because I I think when you when you watch it in the moment and you want to know what's going on, it's helpful to have a character somewhat narrating the exposition, right? But later when we appreciate the whole movie. You know, we're going to rewatch it and be like, you know what? This is a really cool scene that they, you know, everybody knows what's going on and we don't really have to have somebody. See, and I felt like the whole first act was exposition. So I feel like in the second and third act, they they had to avoid it or they had to save it for when Ray was going to get to Palpatine. And so I just, again, I wonder how much of this is Carrie Fisher. And so I'm willing to, I'm not, I'm not ready to knock it and say it's the worst thing ever. But again, but but what I liked about the setup for this was that um, Kylo Ren doesn't shoot at her in The Last Jedi. When they're coming around, they do shoot her and then she floats back to the ship, which was a cool scene. I liked that scene a lot. But we see him kind of have that, again, as you said, Zane, that tension, that conflict of going back to the light side. He doesn't shoot her. And so you could sense that connection with them. So to me, that, that kind of is a connecting point to The Last Jedi and specifically. But... I, it was just very interesting. I was very fascinated to see that Ray Ray impaled him. I could not believe that happened. Most shocking thing of the whole movie was that moment to me. I thought he was dead. I thought he was dying. And that's at that where moment. you almost see the Palpatine again because she's just almost in this rage mode of fighting, and she just does it. And then she like you see her kind of like realize what she's done and then she's like oh crap well then she feels Leia at the same time so it's a lot of emotions all in one you know couple seconds but but at the same time like yeah it was very emotional and and she's just raging when she's fighting him because she's so angry at him basically but but then you know she sees what she's done she's like oh my gosh I can't believe I just did that (laughs) Luke's force spirit appears and encourages Ray to face Palpatine as he faced Vader. I loved the foil of that from the from the original four five six. I thought that was really cool. Uh, he gives her Leia's lightsaber and the old X wing. Again, another paid thread from the Last Jedi. As as much as I gripe about the Last Jedi, there are things there that J.J. Abrams took and kept using, and I appreciate that he did that. Um, and Ray leaves for Exegol using the Wayfinder on Kylo's ship and on Kefbur. Kylo converses with a vision of his father and throws his lightsaber, reclaiming his identity as Ben Solo. Did you guys pick up on that? Did it feel like that was a true shift to Ben Solo? Or did you feel like, ah, he's going to go off and have a little uh, footloose dance in the forest and come out as Ben Solo? Like, what are, what, are you, what are you guys thinking on that? 
No, I think throwing the lightsaber really was the turning point for him. When he threw that, I was like, yep, this is the redemption arc. I From that point on, I knew he was going to come and help Rey, you know, in some form, basically, after that happened. Because it definitely felt like he realized what what side of the fence he was choosing at that point. Yeah, no, I, I agree on that. Because I think it was kind of the whole the culmination of all those events from hearing his mom's voice, having that dialogue with his dad... And then um, just having the weight of, like, just getting impaled by Ray, but then she heals him. I think that's when it finally clicked on him of the this idea that, like, you, you kind of, you can fulfill your own destiny. Like, this whole series has been him trying to, you know, live after his grandfather and follow Invader's footsteps because that's what his grandfather did. And I think that was where it finally hit the point that you can pick who you want to be yourself. And I feel like that's something then as you come into the third act that you see with Ray, uh, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, you're a Palpatine and you have Palpatine blood, but that doesn't mean you have to go to the dark side. That doesn't mean you have to be evil. Yeah. The irony of Kylo Ren is he did fulfill the exact same destiny as Darth Vader. Right. And like, it, it's ironic, but I felt like that was also kind of a fitting thing Whereas yes, like, he, I, yeah. he turned, but at the same time, like, yeah, he did fulfill that destiny just like his grandfather did. Ray arrives on Exegol and transmits her location to the resistance. She confronts Palpatine who demands that she kill him to transfer his spirit into Ray. Okay. Here's another gripe I got here. I did not. Th- this is like, is this like common star Wars lore? This, this like transfer of spirit thing, or is this just like, Hey, he's got to do this. Believe it, and I'm forced to believe it because I've got too much else going on. Um, I don't. I, you just answered my question. You both took forever it, to answer. Yeah, no, like I don't know if it's necessarily like a common occurrence, but I think <clears throat> part of it is the emperor. It, it's so caught up in himself. Like I'm not trying to get ahead of our conversation here, but just of like in their battle and later in some of the stuff he says, I think he's so caught up from himself and like from the backstory like he kills Plagius who was his master and because so then Sidious just wants all the power he wants to be all the Sith and like that's what becomes yeah, that but don't you feel point. like don't you feel like this is lazy writing Zane um like don't you feel like don't you feel like he really should have the whole time like honestly there's part of me that wonders and and I don't want to be Star Wars this is the theory I have and it should have been this guy but should do you think she should have stroke like killed him and then she's got to go against Kylo Ren one last time and Kylo Ren saves her and then that ending is much more redeeming versus those two fight the he fights the Knights of Ren and then they both basically become immobilized I I, I don't know I just didn't feel like that that was not a that was not a satisfying end. This is where it gets convoluted to me. I think I disagree with you there. Like, yes, the the new force powers, which I mentioned before, like there's so many things people are doing with the force in this sequel trilogy that we've never seen before. So it's, it gets me a little wary. But at the same time, I thought that the end was very satisfying because you see that redemption with with uh, Ben where he chucks his lightsaber mm-hmm. and then he wa- he, you know, immediately rushes to help Ray basically so she 
I, I think it was really cool how they both are fighting together at the end as opposed to, you know, they already had their fight, you know, in Act 2. So I think that was a really cool part of the redemption story as opposed to him just being redeemed at the very end. Like, like hey, I love the original trilogies as much as anybody else, but the fact that Anakin or Darth Vader gets redeemed in the last few seconds of his life is not the most satisfying ending to Darth Vader, in my opinion. I wish that he would have, you know, had a chance to, you know, basically show that he changed as a person, which Ben does get to show in this movie before he ends up dying at the end. You know, like, I think thought it was really cool how he came back and fought with Ray. I like how he's dressed, basically, too. Yeah, his outfit yeah. even reflected his change, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to wear the the Kylo Ren outfit anymore. Yeah, he was so wearing he, the he was, like, he was wearing basically like his dad's leftover clothes, right? Like it just felt like that. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I and again, part of the fun of Star Wars is I think nitpicking these films. I really think that actually is part of the fun of all of this. Um, I I just felt like this part in particular, the the soul pulling the life force out of their bodies was like, oh my gosh, come on, give me something else than that. Yeah, I I wasn't crazy about it, but I think them facing Palpatine together was a really cool way to end That's it. a really good point that I I actually would I would backpedal and say I I think I'm with you on that and say like as you say that out loud and I've only had 24 hours to process this myself and like and and I th- Zane, did you hear that's that? That's a good. Ma- that's a Max good way to say it. Changing his mind right before. Our- well, oh, is your name is crazy? your name Mark Jones? Because that would <laughs> no, it's not. You're right. You're right. Because you say you say logical things. That's why you and Zane are both <laughs> logical people. We can have a conversation and not hurt each other's feelings that much. Um, mm, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. It just and again, I'm not a Star Wars guy either. So I know for you guys that play like the, the these like fa- like the Fallen Order games, like I feel like that stuff's like a little more enmeshed in that. So that's a little more reality for you. Whereas I'm coming from somebody who just sees these movies every couple of years. And so that may be just like partly why I'm doing that as well. Um, the resistance engages in a battle with Palpatine's fleet, which that fleet was massive. And they all had, they, they all that could destroy nuts. a planet. That was like crazy. Um, ben empowers the Knights of Ren and arrives to help Ray. So cool how they transferred the lightsabers. Yeah, this was like was awesome. the force thing to me that I was like, I'm okay with it. I think that's sweet. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. Side note, like when when Ray acquired Leia's lightsaber, were you guys like expecting her to just go double lightsaber and just go take down some bad deeds like i just wanted her to flail those two lightsabers and channeling her she did you know she did wield both of them at the very end fallen order but it was right yeah fallen order yeah for real so that was that was really cool i wish i would have been able to see her more in more combat with two lightsabers but yeah that part was really sweet how she transferred it to Ben and then he took out the knights with that. That was that was sweet. We'll talk about we'll we'll take a pause on that fight real quick and go to the the fight the fight bleh, the fight going on up top. Um obviously uh Poe is leading his army in a last ditch effort. We get a very similar similar parallel to uh the last Jedi um on the battle of Crate when they call for people and then no one comes. 
But in this one, it seems like everybody comes. And I'm sure that people are going to take your left. the screenshots of this portals scene, is how I would call it, uh, oh, yeah. Isaac, not Endgame. Absolutely. Um, this portals scene. <laughs> portals scene. There's got to be screenshots <laughs> from like video games and TV shows and comic books of ships that like other characters we know have, don't you think? Yeah, and I think we people have been uh, speculating and stuff like that because I know a while ago there's a rumor out that what, there's a ship in Rebels, the TV show, that showed up in, in that shot. So, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of ships that we're going to find from different areas of the Star Wars universe, which is going to be pretty cool. But, yeah, that shot was so cool when, when all of a sudden you turn around and in the empty space you just see the whole dang... Uh, shot get filled up with ships coming to you know help them out that was that was so cool and so similar to the avengers endgame like portal scene where everybody uh, posed like oh well he posed basically giving up he's like ah crap we're well we're toast guys it's been fun and then all of a sudden everybody shows up and it's just like all right well even like even even how uh the music was like the classic Star Wars theme, yeah, and it just felt Star Wars theme. It felt oh, so yeah. right. It just felt so good. good. It just was, and this is where this movie really shines. Is in these moments. It's just like your heart feels like you got Star Wars, and that's all you can ask from these movies. Well, and that's what we're all looking for when we go to a movie like this. We're looking for that classic Star Wars theme, some classic lightsaber battles, some classic ship battles. You know, we got it like, all. We got all three of those in this. We one. got, we got it. all we three got of them. It. Isaac, it was, you nailed it. It was awesome. Zane, you haven't said anything in a while. Anything anything to add on those? Yeah, no, like, I just thought it was... I don't want to say it's, like, a, a trope, that whole you look and see all the people filling in, but, like, I don't know if some people would say it's overused, but, my goodness, you get so excited every single time. Like, I don't care. Yes. I don't care how many movies oh. use that. I, I love it. I'm getting hyped. I'm, I'm getting hyped. You just okey-doked me, Zane. I thought you were going negative on that bit for no, a second. No, no, no. <laughs> you okey-doked me so hard. I was like, oh, my no, gosh, just... Zane's about to say something negative. <laughs> no, and then you said, and it was awesome. Right, it, I loved it. It's awesome. It's just like, yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah. You, like, Amen. You, I know it's coming, and I still get excited every time. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're all yes. showing up. Yeah. Go kick some preach. butt. Like, it, it you just, preach to the choir, Zane. Like, yes. I'm all in on that. Like, I love that. Amen. Yes. I love that. Good take, Zane. It's the best thing that's been said on this whole podcast. But you okie doke me so hard. If that was a Euro step, I would have fallen so hard. Um, <laughs> uh, I, when, I told Isaac this, but the, my favorite part of this whole movie is when, <laughs> is when the Emperor lightning strikes all the ships and none of them work. That was crazy. That was, that was so, cool. so insane. I, I, so cool. I loved that part. Just that was epic. that was so epic. Like just my favorite action scene in the whole. My favorite action shot is all the guys going down, and your heart's just sinking. You're like, oh my gosh, it's hopeless. There's no way, right? Because in that moment, you're like, this is the most powerful being in right, the universe. Right. Like how how ever, are they going to stop ever. him? Ever? Yeah, it could be ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just crazy how the amount of power that he's showing mm-hmm. in that in those shots. Like so cool. Yeah, really. And then. Um, he rejuvenates himself using the light that uh, the essence that Ray and Ben have. He throws Ben over the cliff, and then Ray, laying there in a weakened state, hears the voices of past Jedi's lending their strength. Uh, Isaac, I told you I had a list. I'm going to share it with you now. But uh, you guys want to take some guesses as who who was speaking to her? You, you're going to get a couple for I, sure. Yeah, I did hear that Hayden Christensen was in it. I don't. Hayden Christensen was one of them. Him, but he's in there. I remember hearing uh, old Obi Wan. 
Old Obi Wan was in there as well. Alec Guinness. Uh, Yoda. I don't. Yoda was in there. Yeah, that's, Yoda. That's low hanging fruit. Uh, was Qui Gon in there? Qui Gon was in there, Zane. Yes. Liam Neeson yeah, came back to do that. Did I, uh, nice. That's awesome. Was Mace Windu in there? Mace Windu was also in there. I thought I heard Samuel Mace Jackson Windu. said a couple times. Yep. Didn't drop any swear words, but you know. Snakes <laughs> <laughs> on a plane. Um. <laughs> And then, uh, obviously, Ewan McGregor was there. Trust the mother effing force, Ray! <laughs> Ewan McGregor. And then, um, here's someone, Zane, that you're going to love. Correct me on these names if, if, if you can, okay, Zane? Luminara Unduli. Okay. Uh, uh, is it a- Ayala or Ayla? Uh, Ayla. Sakula. Sakula. Yep, yeah. she was in it. Adi Galia or Adi. Which one is that? Adi. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, Ahsoka. I thought I heard Ahsoka in there. Ahsoka was in there, yep. And she's technically still alive, right? Uh I mean they never showed her die in Rebels, so Right. I've I've just been reading that. I'm not I'm literally just I was asking. really just literally reading the article. Really hoping that she would somehow make an appearance because I would have geeked that out. That would have been sweet. Yeah. Well she was in it, Zane. She she made it she made it into the movie. The voice made it. <laughs> and then yes, yeah, well, she's in it. She gets credit. That's fair enough. And then also, uh, Canon Jarrus. Oh. Canon Jarrus, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie uh. Prince Jr. Think about that. Freddie Prince Jr. was in a Star Wars movie. I wonder how much he got paid. Do you think maybe like thir- fat stacks? Yeah. Do you think fat stacks? Thirteen bucks in a can of soup. <laughs> it's probably not much. <laughs> it's probably five hundred or even. <laughs> but you get to but you get to go to the premiere. Yeah. So the premiere true. itself right, is true. worth a lot, right? True. Yeah. So yeah, so, I didn't hear anything about the premieres this year, but like, so oh, they were because they that were spoil they stuff. Were not trying to talk about the press tour because Boyega right. was saying some knuckleheaded things about the way that um, oh, what's the gal who played that Ryan John? Name? Oh yeah, he was he was just kind of putting his foot foot in his mouth. Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. he was basic. He was paraphrasing, was saying like. Well, maybe you shouldn't put yourself out there to be ripped on by fans for all the mean things they were saying to her. And it just was not. It just was in bad taste. Ooh, he just Interesting. There was a lot of foot and mouth moments on the tour. And I know Mark Hamill has kind of like I know with The Last Jedi, he had said some pretty negative things about that's not how I would have done it. You know, just so I think the press He's tours with Star Wars people yeah. just are not they don't want him to talk. <laughs> so, um and then oh, let's finish it off. We should probably finish the story and then get into the other stuff, right? We probably should do that, don't you think? <laughs> probably be smart. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray, a week in Ray hears voices that the past Jedi is on your attack. She attacks. Palpatine attacks her with lightning. Palpatine says, "I am all the Sith," and then she says, "And I am all the Jedi." Do you think that was a callback to the way? And again, it's Disney, so like this could be a reach. But like even with Endgame, I am inevitable. I am Tony Stark. I feel like I, I, I mean, I'm Iron Man. I feel like it was kind of like the same type of like communication there, but it felt way cooler when Ray said, "I'm all the Jedi." I gotta tell you, I felt cooler than than I am Iron Man to me. Oh, oh, you felt cooler I did. Than I, I felt am that was Man? way cooler. Oh, wow. It felt way cooler. Okay, because if you think about it, it's forty years of Jedi. Right, yeah. I think, yeah, the phrase in in and of itself, the I am Jedi, I think that was cooler than I am Iron Man, but the action, like Tony snapping the same time saying that, and the whole scene itself, that was way more powerful than than Rey with I am Jedi. But yeah, I am Jedi, like the phrase. Zane, you maybe are talking like this is like a bookend trope, right? To ending a saga, that's how you kind of got to end it. 
Yeah. You got to get a bad guy saying something bad and a good guy saying something even better. And then you got to get that kind of everybody assembling shot. 100%. Right? Yeah. I think that's 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 the uh, that's the formula. I mean, yeah, fun. it's tropey, but also it was amazing. But doggone so, it. I'm, I'm like, go ahead, Ray, kill him. You got it. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Ray. Yeah. And that's and that kind of is back to like, yeah, this movie followed some pretty Trope. predictable yes. patterns. Yeah. But I didn't care. It was no. awesome the whole way through. Yeah. So. Palpatine attacks her with lightning. Ray defuses it with two lightsabers, killing him. Ray dies from the attack, but Ben sacrifices himself by using the Force to resurrect her. The two kiss before Ben fades away and becomes one with the Force. Did you feel like this kiss was earned? I I kind of conflicted about that. I think it was. Just because their connection was so passionate throughout the whole trilogy... I guess it was kind of fitting that it ended with, you know, on a good note. Like, how else would a passionate relationship end on a good note like that? But at the same time, I was like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're in love. Right. You know? Like, like I had that sense, too. It's just like, uh, oh, oh, that's how they're doing it. But then the thought crept from the back of my mind. I was just like, well... At least they're not brother and sister. I'll let it slide. <laughs> no, no, yes, no, 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 Zane. Yes, true. No, no, no. <laughs> I would like to interject. I still think there is a potential chance for incest jokes in this. And hear, hear me out. I have I have a tweet I will read. I found said tweet and I said, I'm going to talk about this on the show. First of all, it's not beneath Star Wars to keep the incest things going, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's talk about that. Okay. So, oh, come on. I got to pull this tweet up. I'm sorry. But also, while Max is doing that, yeah, pull with that the, uh, keep, keep talking with the uh, the whole lightning thing. I don't know if you guys have ever played Isaac, maybe the old like the Force Unleashed games. But I was trying to remember: is that not how Star Killer kill takes down the Emperor in one of those games as well? He's blocking the lightning and throws it back at him. Oh yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah. I swear, I've well, seen that. It was before. kind of. Yeah, right. Well, and there was oh man, this this was such a good uh tr- movie for nostalgia. Like they played on nostalgia so yeah, well true. in this Very movie. True. Like starting, well, I mean starting with obviously I I don't even know if it's starting with, but like in the middle of the movie when they go to whatever that planet is that has the Death Star on it, like going into the Death Star and Ray goes up to the Emperor's like old like throne in the Death Star, that was sweet. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then her finding the X-Wing with Luke and flying the X-Wing into battle, like that was just so cool. Like so many great nostalgia things in this movie. I couldn't find the tweet, but basically what they were implying was that if the Emperor had made Anakin Skywalker basically from a virgin and then... That went that that so he basically was the seed for that, right? So that would be his child, right? So then down the line they would be related. That was what they were trying to imply. Ah, uh, that's just it's that, still that's just kissing. There's still cousins. incest there. That's just kissing cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's they're fine. they're for enough. The great part about they're the like tweet, and I'm so bummed I couldn't that find it, was something. they were saying it was like some hillbilly Star Wars ish going on right there. <laughs> and they put like a they put like a straw hat on Kylo. Ren. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. it was actually really funny. Okay, you know what's it. funny though? I thought about this afterwards. I and I didn't expect them to at all because this is 
possibly one of the worst parts of the prequel trilogy. No mention of midi chlorians at oh, all praise in God. this whole sequel trilogy. Oh, praise God. <laughs> like, yeah. And <laughs> it's Good just job. so funny that, that, that they basically just were like, you know what? That sucked, and we're going to ignore that. <laughs> you are correct. Um, the movie ends uh, as the galaxy celebrates. Ray visits the, the hometown of Tatooine. Where the Skywalkers live, where where Luke Skywalker lived, she buries the lightsabers, having built her own. It looked yellow, but somebody said it was white on the internet. No, nah, it's gold. It's gold. I would rather take gold. It did not look white at all. No, I never saw white. It was definitely a yellow yeah. or a gold. I thought it was find that or guy gold, and get yeah. him out of here. Don't ever let him in a movie again. Um, <laughs> a local asks her name as the spirits of Luke and Leia look on, and she replies, "Ray Skywalker." Um, did you, now this is where I think a lot of people are going to, I think the diehard Star Wars people are going to hate this. I, 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 I don't know necessarily, but if I was a diehard guy and I, I think it's fine. I totally get the choice, but basically if this is, if this whole story is about the Skywalkers, then the last blood Skywalker should be the one that carries the name. Instead, it's a Palpatine who caused the whole doggone mess. Like, Palpatine literally, start to finish, caused this whole mess. Like, and obviously there's redemption in that, and we all like the redemptive arc, but do you feel like that that's okay that she keeps the name Skywalker, or do you think that's a little suspect? It was a little cheesy, but I, I thought it was a cool moment, so I'm I'm all right with it. it. It wasn't, excuse me, it wasn't something that I'm going to take to my grave arguing about. Yeah, you need to take that to your grave arguing that. I actually think you need to maybe reconsider taking it to your grave. Zane, what about you? Nah, I like it, it was a little weird, but at the same time You didn't like it. it. You didn't like it. Zane. Oh no no no. I'm not like saying I didn't like it. I'm saying that okay. like giving it time to think about it, like it set the or it kind of matched the vibe of of what the I felt like was kind of being strung along throughout the whole story of you, you kind of pick your own destiny. Like, your name and your blood, like, you still choose. Like, yeah, you're a Palpatine, you have Palpatine blood, but that doesn't mean you have to be evil. That doesn't mean you have to be the Palpatine. Like, make your own name. Be who you... It's a choice. Yeah, it's choices. Right. And so, for yeah. for Rey, the Skywalkers did more for her than Palpatine ever did. So why would she keep the Palpatine name, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. I get it. I agree. I agree with you, Zane. I just, I just think that I think a lot of people are gonna not like that. So, I and I and I don't, I don't know if I blame them. I'm just saying, like, I think an argument could be made, but but if you it's, if you go back to that, like the one tweet you were looking for, and if Palpatine is, you know, fathered Anakin as well, well then, how did Anakin get Skywalker? Right. Well, then it's like, well, they just picked the name Skywalker too. So, like, true. Great like, point. Great point, Zane box whoever yeah. that guy is box him up or what if palpatine was just searching the galaxy for somebody with a really cool name and he found shmi skywalker and he was like oh that's, that's got to be it that's it's got to be skywalker yeah, that's the one. yep you yep. your name don't know who you are but your name we want yep. it that's that's gonna be it right there. let's talk about carrie fisher uh do we feel like this movie let, let's talk about a couple different things one her legacy obviously is leia um is big um, but do we feel this movie left left more for the audience to to take with her her passing? I thought so. I thought it was a really cool and 
say what you will, you know, like a lot of people are kind of up in arms because there's a, uh, there's a movie being made right now that has, uh, a famous old actor that is being just completely remade with CGI. We talked about this on episode 20. Mark and I talked about this right. with James Dean. James Dean, yeah. So, and a lot of people are pretty upset about that. Like, okay, so this guy's passed. Are you are you honoring his legacy by bringing him back through CGI? And obviously this is not, you know, like these are real shots of Carrie Fisher before she passed. So it's not the same necessarily but I kind of like you kind of get the same argument like, hey, is this cool that we put her shots in this movie, you know, a couple of years after her passing? But I thought it really did a really good job of honoring her legacy. And I I honestly love almost all of the parts that she was in in this movie. Like J.J. Abrams deserves the highest of praises for how he worked her her quotes into here. It, right. it it's yeah. it was jarring to look at because you knew. But I think as yeah, this exactly. movie ages, it's not going to be as known. Right, exactly. And that's and remarkable. I, saw, I was just uh, looking at an article that basically was saying that those scenes felt so out of place because they basically built the movie around those scenes pretty much because obviously you had to. But I, I really didn't feel like that. I didn't even notice like a difference really. I thought it flowed really well. And... And then even the, you know, obviously the the later, like, little flashback of her getting her Jedi training, she has the CGI, you know, young Carrie Fisher with young Mark Hamill in the training. Obviously, that one was, you know, not as well done as her no- normal ones because those are completely CGI. But everything else, no, nah, no, nah, they just they just have a de-aging machine at Disney and they just use that on No, nah, that was everybody. that was saved footage from the 70s. <laughs> I thought it looked. I thought sweet, that looked cool. Actually. Yeah, it, it I was very. No, really I thought cool. it was good too. But it, yeah, it just. I'm just saying that like it didn't, you know, have the impact or whatever that her scenes that were she was actually in. I think she had. was gonna be. I think she was gonna have a way bigger role in this. I think she was gonna be fighting in this. I think she was gonna be right. Yeah, doing stuff I in this. And I, I. It's such a bummer because it would have been very interesting to see this movie would have looked a lot different. Um, and I think the training stuff at the beginning would have been better, but we're running out of time, so we're going to have to move on. But it, Carrie Fisher, just like, we all love her, right? I mean, which is like huge loss. Yeah, I think this did, movie, J.J. Abrams, like you said, did a great job of just honoring her legacy in this movie. I thought it just was really cool to see her in this. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think it's, yeah. So uh, the critics were very critical of this movie, pun intended. Um Fifty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think any of the three of us agree with that score. If we're grading it on a hundred percent, there's no way we'd give it that. Um, I, I think, I, and and the audience score is eighty-six percent. I will give that as well. But uh, fascinating that the critics didn't like this. The comment I said to you guys was the critics are butthurt that the Last Jedi didn't pan out the way they wanted to. I think the Last Jedi is a film letter. It's like a film love letter to Star Wars, and I think this movie is a fan love letter from Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, and you look at you look at Rotten Tomatoes, and obviously we kind of have a love hate relationship with uh, Rotten Tomatoes here on the Infinity Bros podcast. But it's it's fascinating a good, it's a good, because I would say it's a really good tester for like understanding what films to go see. But on big films like this, I never look at Rotten Tomatoes. 
That's the thing. Right, because you're going to go see them anyways. Right, exactly. Yeah. But uh, for this movie, The Rise of Skywalker, the latest um, score I saw for the critics was 58%, which is rotten. And the latest audience score I saw was 88%, I believe. So, every, I mean, generally, across the board, pretty much everybody loved this movie. See, and, and then, then for the, the last side, Jedi... You, I was just going to say, I was just about to... Right, The Last Jedi is almost completely opposite mm-hmm. the... the the critic score is very high. It's in the 90s. I it's believe. 91%. And the, yeah. And then the audience score is like 56%. It is it's, 43%. It's, oh, wow. It's even worse than I thought. Yeah. So it's that is just fascinating to me that that the dichotomy of these two films like just is, is so vast, the, the space between them. It's just crazy. The critics are so wrong on The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi after this after this movie and The Force Awakens is terrible. It it is it's so bad to me. It's my least favorite in the series. I'm I'm gonna go down fighting that because because it just it like it, you watch this movie and the issues we have, Isaac, could have been fixed in episode eight. Right. We could have solved right. all the issues here. If right, we make exactly. if we make the Emperor a bigger bigger deal if we did, basically the last Jedi picked right back up, the bat last Jedi has has Ray and, and Kylo Ren going back and forth on um light or bad all that jazz and then there's no like like at the end they're like okay we're done forever they weren't done forever they went right back to the table the next episode and I felt like JJ Abrams actually made a foil to that to that arc and the relationship was established in in the last Jedi I liked that but what needed to get it to the point it needed to was not accomplished in the last Jedi. It's just a, it's just a movie that's for film. And like, honestly couldn't be more thrilled that Ryan Johnson elected to go to knives out. Haven't seen that movie. I'm sure it's really good, (laughs) but like could not be more thrilled that he didn't make this movie because this movie could have been really bad if he had made it. In my opinion, if they had continued. And and again, this isn't Ryan Johnson's fault either. This is Disney's fault. Disney dropped the ball with star Wars. In my opinion, on episode eight, and it's it's baffling to me that a guy like Kevin Feige can do that four doors down, but Kathleen Kennedy can't get it figured out. I just think she's definitely not the person for it. Get her out of there. Zane, what do you think about the critics? Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with anything they're saying. I don't know how it can get panned as low as the 56 or whatever, 58, what it's at. I, I get a lot of people, I know some of the stuff that I was reading People were saying how, oh man, it's just how like Force Awakens was just a re, you know, a copy of New Hope. Well, this is just a copy of Return of the Jedi, and I'm just like, I well, number one, if it works, why not? Like, why deviate too far from that method? But secondly, yeah, I just feel like it. Everyone was so high on the Last Jedi, critics were, and it's just like it. it it's almost like it'd be too much of a a shift if they went and liked this one as well. Cause they're two very different movies. Like if you're going to like the last Jedi, it, like you can't have a, as good of an, or not go into something with as much of a biased opinion onto this because they're two very different tones and directions. I, I and I think Disney dropped the ball with that where, where Marvel does a great job of kind of keeping the communication open I think there was tension with Ryan Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams, and I think it showed. And J.J. Abrams pooped on Ryan Johnson several times with lines and choices. It felt like it, you know, it, it I, felt like I don't, that. 
I didn't feel like he pooped on it. Like he, I feel like he he did a good job of making his he correcting the Last Jedi, but I don't think he trashed it and made it completely. I totally useless. think he was trashing it. I I just got that mm-hmm. sense. I just got like J.J. Abrams from the get go. Like the analogy, the one critic who didn't like the movie that I just read on Rotten Tomatoes as we were talking said they're they're light speeding from place they're, they're they're light speeding from place to place just like the storytelling that Abrams is doing. I don't agree with that take. But what I would Hell say yeah, is I is Abrams was forced to go at a quicker pace because Ryan Johnson went so slow. Right. He went so slow in that episode and if they had just sped it up a little bit in the second and third act and got a little more accomplished I I really think they could have they could have really set this movie up way better right and 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 you have to grade these movies based off of each other because they're sequels and in an age of tv storytelling this movie would have been really really good had it had a whole season to tell its story it could have been really six out of six good true but instead to me it drops to 4.6 because well it didn't have a whole season to share it only had two hours two and a half hours you want to know what where my moment was in watching this movie where I was like, dang, this is JJ pooping on Ryan Johnson. I think I know what time. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> it was back when Ray gets back on Octu and they're sitting there and the basically um, Luke's force ghost comes back and says like, yeah, you can't be afraid. Whereas the whole thing in the last Jedi, Luke was hiding on Octu because he was scared. He goes, he says, he even paraphrases. He says like, Nope, I was stupid. Right. That to me, he's like, nope, that was a mistake. That to me was straight up JJ being like, that was 100%. wrong. Percent. That was a or mistake. even like how they referenced the Battle of Crate. No one came at the Battle of Crate. Right. Why would we do it again? Yep. Like, and they literally did it again, and it worked. Yep. Like you know what I'm saying? I just think like I, I just think Ryan Johnson had this like hopeless mindset that was not a stab that was not going to work for the lore of star wars in my opinion now now that we have episode yeah nine. basically what ryan johnson wanted to do was do something different with yes, the star wars he wanted movie. to go complete and that, and, that was and like his whole it. goal and i respect it but you have to follow through with it and they right, didn't yeah. follow through with it so now ryan johnson looks has an egg on his face and it's not his fault it's like really weird like i blame him for story arcs and plots but at the same time, I don't blame him because Disney let him do it. Disney had to have this figured out, and they didn't. Disney dropped the ball. They dropped the ball big time, in my opinion. And and that's that's and and I just think we should have had the same reaction as Endgame. We should have had a bigger reaction than Endgame. This is this is forty two years. Come on, people. Um. Finally, the legacy of Star Wars. Well, uh, legacy of Star Wars. For you guys, what what is your what do you? I think just in terms of trilogies, what what is the? I've ad nauseum said my piece on the trilogy, but what do you think this trilogy will be known for? Um, dang, I I think so much of it is what Lucas started in just this whole idea of light and dark, light side versus dark side. Like you want to talk about a story, and the first thing that pops to your mind of good guys versus bad guys it's jedi versus sith it like i to me that that is what is really cemented um in a lot of like culture and you just have you know iconic villains and heroes and like a a thought that i've had as you watch through um 
I don't remember what I was watching where this thought came to me, but like, look at like Joker, for instance, like you got different people that do, you know, different laughs with the Joker, different voices, but yet now compare that to with Darth Vader, everyone tries to do the same voice, the same breathing, the same, like it, it's such an iconic villain that no one wants to say, Hey, how can I tweak this character? It's like, no, I want to do this character the exact same way because it was so perfectly done. It's that perfect menacing villainous character that you're just scared of and to me like that is something that that's really set the bar with star wars in that this is your villain this is your good guy and this is how they interact with each other i think what i um am gonna get with this is the relativity of the characters to uh to us as as moviegoers and watchers like it just felt like you could easily put yourself in their places in this sequel trilogy as opposed to the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy like those guys are legends and they're doing legendary things and this one is like more hey common people hey let's you know let's form the resistance and let's do this our own way kind of thing so that's kind of what what that whole this whole arc has has meant to me i feel like but you know just really what it comes down to is this modern star star wars is just continuing the legacy that was started by you know george lucas in the original trilogy and i think yeah there's there's definitely some things that we don't like about this uh sequel trilogy but overall it's been a really fun you know three movies and i i've really thoroughly enjoy all of them and I can't wait to see more Star Wars regardless, whether it is more trilogies, more movies, more TV on Disney Plus, whatever they've got coming. Um, they've they've did a good job. They, I won't I won't say that these new movies are my favorite movies of all time, but they did a great job with them. And especially like cinematography wise, like The Last Jedi, say what you will about the storyline, the cinematography in that movie is fantastic, and it's a beautiful movie. And and it, you know, like they, they brought a different aspect of of Star Wars to to this trilogy, and I really appreciate it, and, and I love it all the same because it's Star Wars. Like, what's not to love about it? Star Wars is always going to be known for excellence and nostalgia, too. I think that's the other part is like, how do you work the fine line of creating an excellent story that is excellent versus what people want? And I think in this episode in particular, I find myself going back and forth between, oh, that's an excellent choice versus a nostalgic choice. And I gravitate more towards the nostalgic choice out of habit. But I, I respect Star Wars for taking those risks. And even though I'm I'm low on The Last Jedi, I would agree, Isaac. The shot in the room with Stoke when they fight those, those uh, I don't even know what those guys are. What are those guys called, Zane? The Praetorian Guard that word i believe (laughs) when they fight those guys like it's just beautiful it's just a really great shot and it's just a really well done sequence and i i I will that is what star wars will be known for is this the prequels were not excellent (laughs) and the sequels were not i i think they were heavy nostalgia and 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 they were either too nostalgic or too excellent in the sense of like filmmaking not like oh something's too good but you're never going to be able to hit the beats of the originals. I think that's the other part. And that's why I love the dialogue is like 
yeah, we, we all have expectations going into Star Wars. We can't help it. And um, that's what's really cool. I agree with you, Isaac. I think the future of Star Wars is definitely found on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> like, they are going to milk this bad boy. And they're already, I mean, they're already making such an impact with The Mandalorian. Like, it can only get better from here, honestly. Let's get into our top five. The... We're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. Every week we like to do a top five when we do our episode. This week we're going to do our top five um, Star Wars episodic films. Uh, We're just going to do all top nine, right? Is that what we basically decided? Might as well, yeah. We might as well. We might as well. Okay. Zane? So this is we're not start... including the Solo or Rogue One. Just uh, one through nine. Movies. Just the just the episodes one through nine. All right. Uh, number nine for me is Attack of the Clones. I just... I know, I know, and it seems... It's sad. Uh, honestly, it's sad to me that any of these have to be on the bottom of the list. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like doing my list, and I'm like, oh, Right, it's and sad. it's like, I love General Grievous and stuff, but it's just like, Aww. watching that movie, Aww. it's so tough to watch, except for that last half hour. I'm just like, uh, it just feels like such a chore to watch that one. But So Attack of the Clones is number nine. Number eight for me is The Last Jedi. So it's pretty much at the bottom uh seven for me is actually revenge of the sith um six is the phantom menace because i just i love darth maul so that that gets the best of the the mid series um five for me is the force awakens four is the rise of skywalker three is a new hope two is return of the jedi Number one is Empire Strikes Back. And I feel like that's that's where I got it. I know some people would probably have Revenge of the Sith higher, but that's, I don't know. That's just one of those movies I just like, yeah, I just throw it back there. Yeah, well, my list may be semi-controversial. No, 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 no. Then, I'm, so I'm going go. next. Oh, you're gonna go? I'm going okay. next. Yes, I'm going next. Because mine had to do with what Zane was just yep, saying. You, but that's fine. Isaac. I'll, you I'll get you get last on this. Okay, you get last okay. on this. It's your day. Right, this is right, your day. Right. Okay, you wore you wore Star Wars underwear. I did. And so we need to honor that. Okay. All right. <laughs> here we go. I got to make sure I have them all in here first. There should be nine. I, well, thank you, Zane. <laughs> Just, yeah, track back. There's nine. There's nine of them. I think I'm missing one, though. Three trilogies. No, I have eight, but what am I, which one am I missing? I'll go yeah, in order. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. Phantom Dave. Menace, Attack of the Clones. No, I'm just going in order of the, the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Oh, got it. Okay, Force I got Awakens. it. Now. I got it. I got it. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it now. Okay. Proud of you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was like, I have, which one am I missing? You know, when you have like a list and you know, you're missing one, and you're like, which one is it? I feel like I do that a lot. So, yeah, um, yeah number nine, I've said it a couple times. It's the last Jedi. Uh, this, this is, I would put it beneath of attack the clones just in regards to how messed up it made the third trilogy. I feel, I feel the third trilogy could have been a lot smoother if this wasn't a problem. Attack of the clones after that, um, revenge of the Sith after that, 
Phantom Menace. Zane, our list is actually pretty close because I love Phantom Menace too, man. Right. Like, just purely nostalgia. Like, yep. there really is no rhyme or reason to why I like it. I, it's, I am so surprised. Like, I, I'm I'm actually with you guys. We'll, we'll talk like about Phantom, this in a bit, Phantom but I'm Phantom Menace is so good. That Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan fight is, like, fantastic. And Duel of the Fates. and Duel of the fates and then did you- that is the that is like the best part of almost all like if we had a top five moments in star wars that might be number one for me like i would have to think about it but that's up there right and then like i don't this is kind of off topic but when phantom menace c- came out did you guys collect like the coke and uh dr pepper cans yes! that had the phantom yes! menace characters on it yes i did do you I put did. is phantom menace top three if it doesn't have jar jar it would definitely be higher if it did not have Jar Jar. It would be higher. Jar Jar is so bad. He's bad. So bad. Um, the Gungans are so racist. <laughs> They're so ra- It's bad. Um, the Force Awakens would be number five. Rise of Skywalker would be number four. A New Hope, number three. Return of the Jedi, number two. Empire Strikes Back, yeah. number one. Empire Strikes Back, yeah, just like one wow. of the best films of all time. Zane, I think we're like. I was going to say, are we identical? We're identical Guys. except for Attack of the Clones and Last yeah, Jedi. Oh my like... gosh. This purely purely oh. based off principle, I would put The Last Jedi last. Wow. I I'm I'm actually shocked. Like our lists all are so similar right now. This is this is crazy. Cause we don't talk about this beforehand. People need to hear know that. Like we don't we don't coordinate it, like it's done. So Okay, here we go. Number nine is actually Revenge of the Sith. Oh. That's my least favorite. That's okay. I That's I know so I this is my that. this is my thing that I think maybe is controversial because some people really really like this movie, the the dialogue in the Mustafar scene oh. between Anakin and Padme is atrocious Woof. and it it's so cringeworthy Woof. that it makes me not like that movie very much. I, I still love it. It's Star Wars, so you know all of these. I was having a really hard time saying any of these were on the bottom of my list because I was like I, I still like them a lot. But, okay, so that's number nine for me. Eight is Attack of the Clones. Seven is The Last Jedi. Six is The Phantom Menace. Five is The Force Awakens. Four is The Rise of Skywalker. Three is A New Hope. Two is The Return of Jedi. One is Empire Strikes. <laughs> so that means all of, all of our top fives are identical. It is. It's so crazy. Our top six Really is, good that we nuts. did the whole nine then. Yeah. Yeah. Because great. that's where the differentiation That would have been a really boring top five. Wait, wait. Okay, so Robbie sent a list too. We should pull that. Yeah, say up. Robbie's list yeah. real quick. Okay. If let's... this is your first time listening to our show, by the way, uh, we're a group of about seven buddies who just uh, get together. We 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 chat we chat a lot. We do a lot in life, and so this is our podcast. So we have a rotating um, crew that comes on every week. So if you check out our other episodes, you'll hear from Robbie as well. If his if his list is that if it's that different just throw it out and we'll just skip this yeah if it's that it is, different it just is pretty call different mark we'll get his list <laughs> it's pretty different we might have to just leave him out because he's the bad take <laughs> guy so uh okay so here's his list number 9 is phantom menace Ugh. get out of here robbie that's unfortunate gosh robbie. number 8 is attack of the clones 7 is the last jedi 6 is force awakens 5 whoa, is whoa, return whoa, whoa, time of the out. jedi 6 is force yeah. awakens Force Awakens is six. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Five, five is Return of the Jedi. Four is Rise of Skywalker. Three is Revenge How? of the Sith. Yuck. You put that How? at three. My goodness. Number two is A New Hope, and number one is Empire. I'm glad that all of our number ones are Empire. So that's, A New Hope over promising. Return. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, yep. I don't like Google that either. Return. He actually has returned way down at five. Yeah, that that's pretty surprising to me. Rise um, of Skywalker is yeah. above Return of the Jedi. That's very see. interesting. Do we have Mark's yeah. list too, or is that it? I didn't see. I asked him to send one. That's but okay. I don't that's see fine. One, so he must. Well, have a, yeah. But, Isaac, thank you again for a great show. I, I I love being passionate. I think I'm. I can get passionate about just about anything. But it's really exciting when you're passionate about something. It just makes it way more fun. Just an hour and forty five minutes of podcasting goes by so much more smoothly when I do that's when true. I do Star it Wars stuff with you. It does. Thank so, thanks for having me. You're in awesome, Infinity man. Bros Universe. May the force be with you. Yeah, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Isaac kind of manages all that. We do a little Twitch account too. We'll do some gaming on the side. You'll hear a lot from Isaac on that. So go follow us seriously. Isaac does a dynamite job with our social media. You're gonna want to check that out. Zane, you do Aww. nothing for the show other than show that's up. That's true. Um, how are you? Did you do okay? Did you feel like you did okay today? I like to think I'm the beauty and the brains. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very good. Oh, I totally thought you were gonna say the beast. You are the uh, you're the Darth Maul of our universe. Uh, you're about <laughs> you're only good for about one episode, and but I was everybody remembers the you. Dexter Jetster of our universe. Yes, he's the he's the Babu Babu Frick of our yes. universe. Yes, <laughs> I'd be fine with being Babu Frick. <laughs> You don't he can only Jester. fix one of us at a specific time <laughs> in a specific moment and other than that he's he's just gonna interject and then, when and, people don't want to hear him. and then i'll show up at the end and isaac will hate me but yes exactly in 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 the portals yeah. i mean uh star wars mm-hmm. anyway thanks for coming on uh zane isaac you guys were fantastic and thank you to the listener we're so grateful that you uh took time out of your busy schedule this is a long podcast so if you made it this far god bless you um, we hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>